I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. everyone welcome back to the reload podcast my name is kyle boone and with me as always dustin ragusa from his plush home in oklahoma <laughs> city we're back from vacation dustin how's it going doing good just uh kind of recovering from vacation yeah which i know doesn't really make sense but that's uh <laughs> that's what i'm doing right now watching a little duke virginia tech the, well you didn't have a normal vacation right yeah, it was a uh, it was a buddy from Baton Rouge's bachelor party in Miami, so uh, it it was a little exhausting. <laughs> you didn't go to uh, to Miami to uh, do a mission trip or anything like that, then. Yeah, there there was not a there was not a sightseeing, okay. a lot of uh, gotcha. you know, casual. It was just yeah. got a got a little wild. Yeah, Miami, that's cool. <laughs> Well, we uh, we went on a hiatus last week, um, in part because my work schedule is crazy, in part because your work schedule was crazy. Yes. Um, and so now here we are. We are going to convene today because we have a couple of things to talk about. Um, the most important probably is Isaiah Todd, five-star recruit from Virginia, is coming to Oklahoma State this weekend for an official visit. We're going to get to that. Um, you did a really nice breakdown on Grayson Boomer, OSU's highest-ranked commitment in the 2019 recruiting class that we will discuss in detail. And uh, before we get to those things, though, I want to talk about Gunner Gundy. Now, Gunner Gundy is Oklahoma State's uh, – the son of Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy, uh, if the name sounds familiar – he is the starting quarterback at Stillwater High, has been for the past couple seasons, going to be a senior next year, and um, there is some discussion about him and his long-term prospects as a Division One player. He does not have a uh, Division One offer just yet, um, but you know I think there's been some discussion that he has received some interest from some, uh, from some high major programs, so... There's some interest about him because Oklahoma State has struck out on several of its targets in the 2020 recruiting cycle. And uh, so now here we are, uh, Gundy and OSU kind of in a stare down. I don't think um, stare down is maybe the right word, but it'll be interesting kind of to see how this unfolds because obviously Gundy and Gundy, uh, it would be a very interesting marriage between the two. So... Uh, we both scouted him. We watched his uh, huddle tape and uh, tried to break down exactly what he brings to the table. So we're going to talk about that first. Uh, before we get to that, a quick word from our sponsor. And Dustin, you know what time it is. It is tax time. <laughs> the most stressful time of the year by far. I'm doing my taxes now and I am lost. Um, and I know Cowboy fans are with me in that uh, in that area. Do you find yourself uh, uh, stressing over your taxes? Because I certainly do. Um, But it doesn't have to be that way. The team over at Angel Johnson & Blasting Game is here to help at this stressful time of year. They offer a wide range of financial services, including tax preparation, payroll, bookkeeping, and LLC formation. 
they're accepting new clients and are ready to meet with you now. So if you need any of these services, specifically any tax problems or any help you need to file your taxes, feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-6363. And as always, go Pokes. Okay, Ragu, I have uh, I have talked you off the floor, but the floor is yours now. What what do you make of Gunnar Gundy, uh, future OSU quarterback? Question <laughs> mark. So, <clears throat> I think that his highlight tape is pretty impressive. But like, kind of, we were talking off air. It starts. It's they all start out with a lot of deep balls. Yeah. Uh, receivers running underneath it, obviously. That, that does take some skill to throw it that deep and, you know, hit the receiver in stride, which he does sometimes. But also, if you've got a talented receiver that can just outrun the defensive back, it it's not really showing you a whole lot. You want to be able to see some footwork, throwing the ball in tight windows, some deep out routes, some deep, some deep outs to the opposite side of the field. You know, th- throws that are impressive at the college level and then possibly even at the NFL level and what those scouts look for. But he – he does put a little bit of velocity on the ball. He he's got a pretty nice release on the on the deep ball, which you noted to me off air, and I, I agreed with you. He he kind of has a long wind up and yeah. doesn't throw it as far as you'd like with a with a big wind up like that. Um, but again, he he only threw three interceptions, threw the ball about twenty times a game, and when you watch the film on him, he's making some pretty aggressive throws and fitting the ball into some pretty small windows. And unless he, unless in his highlight, cause I haven't watched any full game film yet. I know, I know you have, but unless he's only making those throws in those highlight tape throws, then, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you about the three interceptions, but it seems to me like he's making a lot of aggressive throws. And the fact that he only turned it over three times, it's pretty impressive. And then he's also a little quick. Um, he's not fast, like a four eight forty, but he can move around. He did a good job of stepping up in the pocket for what I'm seeing. And it doesn't yeah. look like he really lets pressure affect him. But I I was impressed. He looks more like a game manager to yeah. me than than the guy. Right. And at the Big Twelve level at quarterback, you need the guy. Yeah. You don't need a game manager. But he does look like look like someone that could, you know, fit into Gleason's offense from you know what I broke down on that at Princeton, but I just don't know if he could lead the offense as the highlight. Yeah, that's a good point about uh about him throwing it long and just kind of letting his receiver run up underneath it because I think that is a valid uh point to be made. You know, he's got um some pretty talented receivers there at Stillwater. Probably the one to know is Anthony Bland. Um, he is he is going to be a senior next year. He is the son of um, Patsy Armstrong, who's actually uh, oh, in really? charge of uh, on-campus recruiting at Oklahoma State. So that is an interesting kind of wrinkle there because I did not know if that. if Bland is as good as uh, he was this past year, I I would not be surprised to see him pick up some some more Division One interest, including Oklahoma State. Um, so that's kind of something to keep in mind, and uh, and they have a really good connection. You know, um, Gundy and and Blank uh, hooked up the most among uh, the quarterback wide receiver tandems at uh, at Stillwater last season, and that was really his his only guy that he went to. Um, just as far as Gunner and you know him, him as a passer overall, twenty six touchdowns, three interceptions. 
71.6% completion rate, uh, uh, 2,800 yards passing last season. He was good. Um, I do think that the point you make about him being um, a risk taker, I think that did pop to me when I watched his tape, but I, when I watched him in person, um, full disclosure for, for the listenership, I have a, a cousin who goes to Stillwater, so I, I wasn't like purposely scouting Gunnar Gundy or anything, but, um, <laughs> but I did, I actually did scout Gunnar Gundy, I guess, in a way. Um, you know, he, he does fit some stuff in, into tight windows that make you go, Ooh, I don't, that was kind of stupid, but for the most part, when I watched him, that that was not something that stood out to me. I think overall, the conclusion I drew from maybe like three or four games watching him in person was that he's really smart. Obviously, his stats reflect that, 26 touchdowns, three interceptions. He doesn't try to do too much with, uh, with the ball in his hands, which is obviously what you want from a quarterback. Uh, he, he pulls it down if he needs to. He throws it away if he needs to. He's really smart. He plays like a player, and I've heard this from several people, who who watches tape nonstop, who is the most prepared on the on the field, and um, just kind of knows how to read things, knows how to read defenses, and can react accordingly, um, which, is, which is obviously really good. Um, to your point about him being a game manager, though, I think that is kind of maybe a an apt description of what he could be at the next level. I'm not sure that he pops on tape like a guy um, that's, you know, going to be an all big 12 caliber quarterback at the next level. I'm just not convinced that he's uh, maybe that, and that's not a knock on him. I just, from what I've seen, I mean, I'm not a professional talent evaluator, but I do think that from what I've seen, maybe um, lower high major level would be best fit for him. But, It'll be interesting to see if he goes to Oklahoma State, how uh, how that would unfold. Yeah, he he plays like a guy who grew up being coached by a college football head coach and former quarterback and another college football head coach and former quarterback in his uncle, Cale Gundy. Right, he, yes. He, he just looks like, like, I know I said he has kind of a big windup on those long throws, but on yeah. the shorter throws, his footwork, his mechanics, they are all pretty perfect, especially for a guy – you know, who still has a year left in high school. He he looks like he knows what he's doing out there, which you kind of noted, and he seems smart, run it runs it when he needs to, like you said. But he has overall, some baseball to him, is is yeah. maybe what I noticed. Like the long wind up, him really cocking it back. Um and he plays baseball, so that like that makes sense obviously, but that's just something I noted in his uh when watching his tape, kind of his release and all that stuff. Yeah, and you know, he's got He's got another year to get bigger and stronger, and then I mean, possibly a redshirt year in college. So who knows? It, it, if he if he's you know grows a little bit in strength, is able to kind of improve his speed, his quickness a little bit, his arm strength, then then maybe he can prove you and I wrong in the fact that we don't think he could be an All Big Twelve caliber quarterback. But right now, I just don't see it. I I would you know I'm not saying I don't think he could play at the Big Twelve level. I just from what I've watched and I haven't watched as much as you, it, he seems to me more of a, like you said, kind of maybe a lower, lower tier college level quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. His size is pretty good by the way. I mean, I don't know if, um, it's like six one. Yeah. Six one and a half, one ninety two is what he lists on his, uh, huddle page, which is, you know, not bad. Uh, Mason Rudolph was six, four, 
Um, Spencer Sanders is like right around six two. Taylor Cornelius kind of the outlier, six foot six, which is like ideal size, but um, you, you don't get six foot six quarterbacks often. I guess Jelani Woods only comes around once every couple of years. <laughs> uh, but the the point I'm trying to make here is that OSU has missed on several quarterbacks in this 2020 class already. Um, I'm going to pull them up here, but I, th- I think we're getting to a point now in the recruiting cycle. We're getting to like almost spring ball um, where OSU is going to have to make some decisions about where it wants to go at quarterback. Jack Miller, a kid out of Arizona, is already committed to Ohio State. Deuce Hogan uh, from Texas, already committed to Iowa. Will Plummer, committed to Arizona. He's uh, Arizona kid as well, right? Yes, yeah, he's from yeah. Gilbert. Um, Hudson Card committed long ago to Texas. So all those guys, Jacoby Criswell uh, right now is not committed. He's from uh, Arkansas. Would be surprised if he goes anywhere besides Arkansas just because Arkansas kids usually stay in state and he already has an Arkansas offer. Um, So, you know, I don't know if quarterback is the highest priority in this 2020 class. So they will almost certainly take a quarterback just because Keandre Woodty's gone. Um, D, uh, Drew Brown is is going to be gone after this upcoming season. They need to kind of replenish the depth behind Spencer Sanders and Brendan Costello for the future. I just I think we're getting to a point where it's it's going to actually be a discussion about you know is is Gunner going to be the guy that takes that takes that spot in the 2020 class? Um, Bill Haston of the Tulsa World wrote about this. Um, last fall there was some discussion about um mike gundy you know him being burnt out and kind of battling through a crappy season basically and haston who is who is all-knowing when it comes to oklahoma state i trust him with you know anything he writes he says um and this was this was a while back but the context is still fairly relevant he says another reason why gundy won't leave it seems a certainty that Gundy, Gunner Gundy will play for his dad at Oklahoma State. Gunner is the second of Mike's three sons and a legitimate major college quarterback prospect. As Mike Gundy has coached his son tw- since he was a toddler, there's no way that Gunner Gundy plays fo- college football for anyone but his father. If Gunner has a redshirt season, he would be at OSU from 2020 through the 2024 season. So the uh, the wording of that is very, very interesting. Um, it seems a certainty. It doesn't seem likely or it doesn't seem plausible certainty that Gunder, Gunner Gundy will play for his dad at Oklahoma State. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we're getting to a point where OSU has missed on all its prospects at quarterback in this class, and it's still not stressing because it knows that Gunner, um, Gunner might be the guy in that class. I don't know. That's just – Am I making too much of that? Because it seems like it's it's like pretty relevant. And obviously this was like a while ago, but I'm just resurfacing resurfacing this. No, I don't I don't think you are. It's it's almost like they don't really care about striking out on these other guys because yeah. they know they're gonna go <laughs> they know they're gonna go with Gunner. Yeah. I I really like I know you mentioned uh now I can't remember. I read your article on when you were talking about Gunner and you mentioned another quarterback, another Oklahoma guy. Um, yes, I have what it pulled up name? here. He's from, uh, Sepulpa. So I should, cause I watched this. a little bit on him after you brought that up. Yeah. Oh, 
Well, and while you're looking that up, you know, I really like that JD Head kid who was uh, at Jones in Oklahoma and yes. had to move. He moved to Pearland for some family issues. Uh, his family had to move. I think it was job related. Um, but the kid went from Jones to Pearland, which is six A in Texas, and absolutely tore it up. Like twenty five touchdowns. Like want to say it was like five or six interceptions. And I watched some tape on him, and he's a solid player. Little little taller than Gunner. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little slimmer, but he's got an absolute cannon for an arm. I know he's come to like three or four Oklahoma State camps, but yeah. they haven't offered him yet either. So that'd be could be an option if Gunner decides to go somewhere else. Yeah. But, um, uh, the kid is Eli Williams. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. Williams. And he Williams. is from Sepulpa, listed as a pro style quarterback, and he's got really good size, six four, two twenty. Um, right now, he has offers from William and Mary in Eastern Michigan, which is you know eh, whatever, uh, but. North Texas has offered, and so has TCU. Um, he camped at Oklahoma State last summer, and OSU's recruited him. They, they've already contacted him, but so far as I know, they haven't made an offer. Um, so he's just kind of he's kind of there. No one really knows exactly what he'd do, but if he goes gets an gets an OSU offer, you'd have to think that uh, he'd at least consider it. Staying in state, Spulpa's only like uh, I don't know hour and a half from Stillwater, maybe less. Yeah. So Yeah, no. And and for those of you saying, you know, you heard Kyle say pro style quarterback, well, Gleason showed at Princeton he can coach either style. Yes. Running a more run running oriented quarterback or a more pro pro typical style quarterback. So, yeah. um they're probably still going to be recruiting both going forward. So I would I wouldn't think anything changes there, but yeah, well we'll see, you know, you've got Gunner he he seems like a pretty likely prospect with his dad. Yeah. Um. It would. I, I mean, I really think the only way he doesn't end up coming to Oklahoma State is if he he personally decides to go somewhere else. I think they're going to, you know, give him the green light. Yeah. Um, I know they haven't offered yet, but yeah. And then whether it's a a walk on offer or a scholarship, I mean, I don't know if it it really even matters. I mean, I guess it right. matters just in terms of you know what they're gonna do with the remaining scholarship at that position, but. Um, and, and there's been some reports that he's got some SEC interest. Um, I believe it was Haston who, who reported that. I haven't been able to confirm that, and he hasn't got anything just of substance, no official offers. So uh, who knows? At this point, he's just still being recruited. The thing to note is that most can't-miss quarterback prospects – have already gotten offers at this stage in the recruiting process. Um, right. I mean, we're we're in February now, almost in March. Most quarterbacks are going to be signing in December. Um, so, you know, we're not far away from that. And you'd have to think that at some point the interest will, will eventually turn to offers. And the fact that they haven't gone to that point yet either says that someone's trying to wait and see what happens um, whether it's you know OSU pulling the trigger with an offer or or Georgia whoever whatever mysterious SEC program is interested, um, I don't know. Yeah, that I, I think that's probably the thing to note because until someone actually offers, it's just kind of they're being recruited right now. Right. So um, we need to hear one more word from our sponsor, and then we're going to talk about five star prospect Isaiah Todd, your boy. Yep. 
Uh, Cowboy fans, do you find filing your taxes to be stressful? It doesn't have to be that way. The team over at Angel Johnson and Blasting Game is here to help. They offer a wide range of financial services, including tax preparation, payroll, bookkeeping, LLC formation, you name it. They are accepting new clients and are ready to meet with you today. So if you need any of these services, feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call to schedule an appointment at 405-224-6363. And as always, go Pokes. Uh, So Isaiah Todd coming to Oklahoma State this weekend for an official visit. Todd visited Oklahoma State last summer, and OSU's been recruiting him for a very, very long time. Um, Ragu, what what do we make of this? Is this this something? Is it nothing? Um, Should we be excited? Should we be nervous? So leading up until last week, or I guess it was a little over a week ago, but – I thought Oklahoma State's chances were relatively high. You know, that schools like North Carolina had offered him. He'd taken an official visit to Maryland. He's from that part of the country, originally from Virginia, plays in North Carolina in high school. Um, but, you know, he has a really good relationship with Oklahoma State assistant coach Dave Kataxis, who has AAU ties over on the East Coast. Um, said he had a really good relationship and really liked Coach Mike Boynton. Always brought Oklahoma State up in every article, every interview I saw. So that was all looking great. But there was always that little, you know, whispering, rumoring that Kentucky was going to offer. Yep. Kentucky was going to reach out. Yep. And they had gone to visit him a couple times. I don't think Coach Cal had actually been to visit him. Well, he went, met his family, offered, and every single expert on uh, 247 – rivals everything just switched their prediction to kentucky yep so that made me feel like it was pretty much over until we got this news that he's coming on an official visit and you know he has five to take and you say you know why not take them all but the fact that he still included oklahoma state a school he's already visited he obviously must have liked it he obviously must really care about these relationships with the coaching staff and he decided to come back and use one of his five officials for it Makes me feel like they're still in the mix, and you know it's kind of cool that they are to this point, especially when basketball season's been pretty disappointing. Yep. Obviously, uh, pretty disappointing might be light. Um, so been really bad to hear, <laughs> <laughs> to hear this news is 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 really cool, and it's you know cool to kind of be in the mix for a guy like this. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Um... I, I think we're all excited about it, right? Like a five-star kid still has OSU in the mix, um, could commit, et cetera, et cetera. He's visiting. It's all well and good. I I just I have to throw a little bit of water on the fire. Uh, I think that this is kind of just a courtesy. Um, no one really expects that he's coming to Oklahoma State. No one really thinks that he's actually going to come here. He's probably going to go to Kentucky. Um and Kentucky's official offer this past week is just kind of icing on that cake. Um, so I don't really know what to make of it other than, like, Boynton is is definitely recruiting with some of the best programs in the country. But, you know, if you're Isaiah Todd, why why are you going to come to Oklahoma State, a team that um, is, is maybe going to finish last in the Big 12, is um, has missed two NCAA tournaments under Boynton, over a program that Kentucky, uh, they've won, 
I'd have to do my math, but I'm pretty sure they've won like 16 of their last 18. They're in line to get a number one seed. Pretty much everyone who is a five-star prospect who's gone to Kentucky has been given a, a pretty fair shot in the NBA. Um, whereas, you know, Boynton just doesn't have that, that pedigree, that track record yet. Um, it would be kind of, I don't want to say risky, but, you know, the track record of Cal producing top-end talent in the NBA kind of speaks for itself. So, um, I guess we can all just go home, right? <laughs> I mean, from everything I've heard and read, he he's wanting to go somewhere there where whether he reclassifies to 2019, yeah, which he might do. You and I've talked about that on here before, yeah, yeah, yeah. or stays in 2020. He wants to go somewhere that's going to develop him to go quickly into the NBA. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and like you just mentioned, what better program do that than a program with the history of doing it with a coach like coach Cal than, than Kentucky. Duke. I, yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> but, but one school, point, maybe. not, not Oklahoma state. Right. It, it's kind of what I'm getting out there, but it is really cool that they're still in the mix. It's cool that he's already visited once and is going to go back with an official visit. Yep. Um, like, cause like I've mentioned there, there's a limited amount. But I think either way, whether he reclassifies or not, I think it's Kentucky. And I just I think it's because he sees himself as a one and done guy, which if you've watched any whether you've watched highlights or full game film on this guy, you don't need the full game film because you can tell from the highlights that this dude is one and done caliber can go straight to the NBA. He's a 610 guy that can handle it, score inside and shoot from the outside. I mean, my only knock on him maybe is he's not physical enough, but yeah, he's really tiny. He he could definitely learn yeah. to be that. He can definitely put weight on. Like I said, he he's a twenty twenty guy. He doesn't have to go to college next year. He can be in high school one more year. I and it does sound to me that academically he can qualify. So it's kind of up to him whether he feels ready or not. Whether yeah. he feels like he can gain more experience in high school or he should take his development to college early. But I mean, outside of AAU, I don't know what he's really going to learn in two a North Carolina high school basketball right. that he hasn't already. Cause that's what he's playing in. But, um, yeah, we'll, yeah. Peek, we'll peek behind the curtain. Like the expectation from, from everyone I've talked to from everything you've probably read or heard is that he's reclassifying and that's, it's not a secret. Um, he's a 2020 kid who wants to move into the 2019 class with with one reason only, and that's to be eligible for the 2020 NBA draft. Um, like you said, he's a he's a one and done talent. He's probably if he's eligible to be in the 2020 draft, meaning he plays in college basketball next season. He'd probably be taken in the first round at some point, and the guaranteed money in the first round is is bananas. So he'd be dumb not to, honestly. And as far as development goes, I mean, sure, you get some really good coaching and development and, and preparation and a good experience at the college level, but um, compare it to high school, um, you know, I think, like, that, that's probably what he's thinking is, could I, could I get this at the high school level? Yes, but compared to Kentucky or Oklahoma State or wherever, like the difference is like not even close. So probably going to college next season, preparing for the 2020 NBA draft is, is probably on his mind. He's thinking dollar signs. Yeah, I mean, the talent that he has right now is, I mean, 
he, he's not going to learn anything. He already has the talent level. Yes. It, it's just what we kind of mentioned, the physicality, the aggressiveness, you know, learning to be the guy when you've got other talented players around you. But the the talent's already there. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he's going to try to get to the NBA as quickly as he could, and I would if I was him. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. The money the money is there. I would not turn it down, uh, especially because— what, What's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to predict— uh, Kentucky, Kentucky. I think it's Kentucky. What? In 2019 or 20? I think he's going to Kentucky next season. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I think the writing is on the wall there. So yeah, that would be awesome if he came to Oklahoma State. I'll just. <laughs> I mean, the so the content would be nonstop. Uh, PFB would turn into an Isaiah Todd blog. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> I wrote a I wrote a blog about Isaiah Todd today. On the website, by the way. And uh, I use the Mel Kuyper. Todd! 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 <laughs> I use that video. And I, I saw that. it's like a minute and 30 seconds of just Todd! 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 <laughs> and it, I watched the whole thing like at least five times. It's amazing. <laughs> Is it uh, Frank Caliendo? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's no, that was some good stuff. I actually read that right before the podcast. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um. Uh, last thing we want to talk about, Grayson Boomer. We can hit on him quick. Grayson Boomer, Collinsville stud. Uh, he's a tight end, already signed with Oklahoma State. Highest ranked uh, commitment in the 2019 class. You wrote an article breaking down what he can bring to the table. And uh, there's some interesting wrinkles here because Sean Gleason has a has a pretty good track record of incorporating cowboy backs slash tight ends into an offense. Um, what did you make of, of Boomer and what he can bring to the table based off of kind of what you broke down in your article? Yeah, I, I mean, he he stands out on the film. He played uh, at Collinsville, which is 5A in Oklahoma. I tried to watch games where they were going up. It was either a playoff game or a, you know, a high, highly ranked uh, 5A team, so I tried to get as high caliber of opponents as I could. They – You've probably read this if you read anything about Boomer. You know, people saying that Collinsville's offense doesn't pass a lot. And I can confirm to you after watching three full games that they do not they do not pass. Yeah. Um there was one game against Guthrie that I watched in the playoffs. They were winning the whole game and not by a lot, like like to where you would think you would need a pass at times. You know, they were up by like four going into halftime. And they threw five passes in the first half of their 32 plays, and he was targeted once. Not great. So, and and it's not like he wasn't open. He runs he runs good routes. Didn't have a big route tree. Um, I saw Ian Boyd, who writes for Inside Texas and SV Nation. He does an awesome breakdown of recruiting classes in the Big 12. He wrote that he he that Boomer had like a wide variety of routes that he ran in high school. Yeah, he must have been watching different film than me because. To me, it, it was just vertical routes up the seam, yeah. little flare routes, shoot routes out of the backfield when he was at H-back, and then uh, out routes. That, that's really all I saw him run. Sometimes cr- some drags, crossers over the middle, but other than that, it was pretty much that. Those routes, he caught the ball and it was thrown to him. He's a really, really good blocker. He didn't line up a lot on the line of scrimmage with his hand down. It was mostly either in like a kind of short slot or at H-back is where he primarily was, you know, which is lined off a little bit off the tackle. And 
He's a really, really good blocker, though. Not just on running plays. He did a good job stock blocking defensive backs, which is kind of getting in their way. And then once they engage, you kind of run them off or run them out of the play. He never gave up until the whistle. And, I mean, he really – he was the lead blocker on a lot of the plays they ran. They ran a lot of traps, yeah. a lot of counter-type action where he was the lead guy um, either opening up the hole or coming through the hole. And it was really impressive to – to watch him just absolutely destroy kids, then get up to the second level and destroy people, and then get to the safety and throw him on the ground. So it was it, it was pretty impressive. Um, he's got good hands. He's pretty athletic, and I I think if he would have enrolled early, I would guarantee that he'd play next year. I'm just a little worried about his overall size, weight wise and yeah. strength wise. He's obviously throwing kids around in high school, but if he's going to be that kind of bruiser tight end that I think he can be a more traditional style cowboy back, um, I, I just think he needs a little bit more weight and a little bit of time in the weight room. So yeah. we'll see. But I, I think he could make an impact next season. Yeah, your point about um, him being a good blocker I think is is really smart. That's a good uh, evaluation. I was watching some of, the, some of his tape, and that popped to me too. And that's important. Uh, because, you know, I think with uh, Jelani Woods, obviously the former quarterback turned cowboy back, I think that was probably the the reason that he wasn't the day one starter at Oklahoma State whenever he moved positions last season. He obviously took over kind of as a that lead pass catcher in the cowboy back role. Um, but him being a blocker was not natural for him. He played quarterback his whole life. He's been six foot seven and can literally throw like 80 yards. Um, and so like, you know, the, the groundwork has been laid for Boomer to be a very, uh, productive traditional tight end where he knows how to block. Um, and additionally, he's, he's a really good pass catcher. We already know that he's, he's a good pass catcher. Now last season, he didn't put up great numbers, um, for whatever reason that is. I think you mentioned that, uh, Collinsville offense was was mostly pass or mostly run. And, uh, yeah, if you don't throw the ball to your best player, I guess your stats aren't going to be that good. So, um, hopefully Sean Gleason does not have that issue. I don't think Boomer's, you know, going to catch 50 passes or anything next season. Um, but as a true freshman, is it possible that he plays? I think so. I think so. Definitely. He's got the talent. Um, if he comes in and he's lean and he is prepared physically to play, I think he'll play. Um, just because behind Jelani Woods, I mean, you got Jake Ross, you've got Sione, um, but beyond them, I don't really know um, if there's anyone that kind of blows you away past Jelani. Yeah, and he's definitely got he's got the Jelani type athleticism as yeah. well and run after catchability. I think they clocked him at a four seven forty, which isn't blazing speed, but at, no, that's at cowboy good. back, that's really all you need. Yeah, and I mean he's. <laughs> There's one video I put up in my breakdown where he stiff arms this dude and then just blasts through another I dude. I saw that. So he's yeah. he's incredibly physical, yeah. which you want out of a cowboy back, but he also has what you were talking about, like the Jelani-style athleticism, the good hands. He he runs decent routes. So he's, he's kind of the complete package, and I, I'm really excited about him. Yeah, I am too now. Um, I, I think a lot of people thought that he was maybe a little bit overrated just because he didn't put up huge numbers last season at Collinsville. Um, but this is why scouting and scouting prospects and all that stuff is um, 
is important within context. Um, the fact that he was basically non-existent in Collinsville offense kind of says all you need to know about um, why his numbers were down. So right. I'm still high on him. I think he's got a, a nice future at Oklahoma State. I'm uh, intrigued to see if he plays next season. So that will be uh, among the many storylines to watch uh, unfold over the summer and into the fall. So I am glad you did that. I learned something. And uh, for the readers and listeners out there, if you have not read that, go to uh, pfbpistolsfiringblog.com to check that out. And uh, that and a whole lot more of uh, Ragu's film study, recruiting news, all that stuff is uh, is on the website too. So, all right, I think that's all we've got tonight for for uh, recruiting buzz. Um, you got anything else, Ragu? No, no, I'm good. I think we covered it. So when Isaiah Todd commits to Oklahoma State on the spot on Saturday, um, we will have another live podcast reaction for you. Um, <laughs> Just be me screaming. Yes. Aha! For 30 minutes. <laughs> Todd, Todd, Todd. <laughs> and you doing that. Yes. So um, maybe don't download that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, assuming that doesn't happen, we will be back uh, likely next week to uh, to do some more recruiting buzz, and uh, I'm sure we'll have much to discuss this time next week. Which is hilarious because you know we we come into this podcast, we have three topics. We're like, all right, we'll knock it out in 20 minutes. We're at like the you know 37 minute mark, but it's good. <laughs> That's some good discussion. And uh, oh, one one last thing, yes. Kyle and I, mainly Kyle, but have been putting out some stuff on the 2020 class since 2019 is kind of wrapping up. So be sure to check that out if you're interested in, because I mean, it's time to talk 2020. Yes. Already. uh, Kyle's been putting out some awesome stuff on offense and defense and what to maybe expect. And Gunnar Gundy's mentioned in there. So definitely go check his stuff out on that because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. This is a, this is a Gunnar Gundy blog now. So sorry about that (laughs) folks. All right, I think that's it for uh, for today. We will uh, catch you guys later. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and uh, leave us some nice comments in the uh, in the old iTunes section. That'd be really helpful. Um, I think that's it. We'll be back uh, sometime next week. Sounds good, Regu? Yeah, sounds good. See you, man. Okay, see ya.